Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, Alex, we will have reached the one-year anniversary of your child's birth. So I feel like uh, it reminded me of my birthday parties as a kid. First mm-hmm. of all, birthday parties as a kid don't matter until you're in kindergarten. Right. Right. When you can invite your own friends. Yes. It, or like at least like your classmates. Right. No one's taking preschoolers to like a like a birthday party. Wh- what? What is right. that? that? Or that's nothing. You can. You're old enough to tell your parents what you want. Yes. Hmm. So I I was reminded of a birthday party that I had, which I think I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Thomas the Tank Engine themed. My mom pulled out all the stops. She like had a big Thomas the Tank Engine printed out on the wall, and we played, what was it, Pin the Smokestack on Thomas. Nice. Yeah, and, like, there were just a bunch of different games that my mom had planned out, and uh, she even had prizes for some of the games. Now, that's very important because uh, when you are four or five years old, I think I was turning five, sometimes – you don't develop the concept of prizes outside your own reality. So here we are at my birthday party and other kids are winning prizes. So a kid walks up to me and he says, hey, thanks for the prize. A very nice, you know, well-mannered thing to do. Mm -hmm. I, in my goblin brain, said, no, gift, my party, mine. And I said, no, that's mine and took it out of his hands and walked away it's what a, a 50- horrible thing to do to someone who's thanking you for something yes correct See, I, that wouldn't be it wouldn't be half as bad if you just went up to him and did it <laughs> the fact that this kid took time out of his day and he's like i could be picking my butt right now but i'm gonna go up to craig <laughs> and thank him out of the kindness of my heart and, and the wild thing is, the wild thing is, I don't think I would have noticed that other kids were getting prizes if this kid didn't bring it up to me. If if he had not mentioned it at all, he would have gotten away scot free. Uh, and it, there's a, I don't remember exactly, but obviously there's a non-zero chance that this kid cried because of what I did. <laughs> right. And so my mom had like made me go back, apologize, and give him the the prize back. And of course, again, five year old goblin brain was just like on my birthday too. Right. <laughs> so Dude, this kids- is why this is why you should not invite entire classes to birthday parties. Because remember that period of time where like. If you were in, if you were throwing a birthday party, you could not invite your friends. You had to invite the whole class so I no one felt left out. Never did that. Okay. I'm like, I would, I was discreet about it because I didn't get invited to a lot of stuff, so I would just like put them in people's backpacks. Yeah. So yeah. And um, I'm like, you're cool. You're cool. Skip you. Skip you. You're cool. <laughs> and I would put it in people's backpacks so they would. Come up to me later, be like, hey, I got this. I'm like, yeah, man, welcome to the club. My place, eight o'clock. No, nah, everyone way put, too late, but yeah. <laughs> everyone put the invites in like their in like everyone's mail cubbies. Yeah, so, dude. Remember cubbies, bro? Dude, I miss cut. Well, I mean, we did get lockers, so I Yo, guess. Remember um having desks that the top lift up? Okay. And you could put stuff no, inside. Okay, I do remember that. I don't miss it because I was one of those kids where the desk was incredibly messy and like I cleaned it out maybe once every other month and then it got like messy again by the end of the week. Pencils were hard to find. Homework was hard to find. Books were hard to find. And also, let's be clear, these desks are not big. Dude, I had the most organized desk. So I never had the problem describing. so hard for both of us. My my issue was the most annoying thing is you couldn't lift it without taking everything off the top of the desk. Oh, so you got yeah. every you got your books out, you got everything perfect. And you're like, I need to sharpen my pencil. How <laughs> yes. am I gonna So I got smart like around fourth grade where I put pencils, pens, highlighters, all that stuff, and the sh- sharpener 
up front so I could just creak it open, put my tiny little hand in there and pull out what I needed <laughs> without disturbing everything. But if I'm like, oh, I need to get my folder, let me take everything off my desk. Did you have anybody in your class? I know you did, but tell me a story of people drawing on their desk. Um, yes. So in first grade, we would uh, a, a trend that went around was we would put like joke names, like joke name tags on our desks. And, and they weren't funny. So most of them were just pop culture references to shows we were watching at the moment. Right. And one kid, I remember it so, it is burned into my brain where he put SpongeBob Skywalker on his on uh, on just like a little piece what of notebook paper gangster. taped it to his desk and everyone wanted to look at it so everyone crowded around his desk and this gave him an anxiety attack <laughs> so because Poor there were kid. just like 9 or 10 kids crowded around his desk and i'm not saying he's not valid for it however i am saying boy should have seen it coming <laughs> like you were following a trend my man and the reason why it is burned into my brain so hard is because he spelled Skywalker wrong. He spelled sky with an I instead of a Y. And, I, and I'm like, aren't you the other smart kid in this class? <laughs> How'd you mess this one up? This, you're having a bad day today, just kind of all around. So, yeah, I mean, like, that that's the thing that first comes to mind. See, yeah. uh, everyone I know who drew on their desk religiously is now a tattoo artist. <laughs> you know what? Shout out to people that find their calling that soon in Dude, life. Dude, that freaking tracks, too. And then yeah. you look at the other desk and you're like, oh, yeah. I If you're in fourth grade and you're drawing with pencil and you're sketching stuff and it looks legit, follow your heart and your dreams. Genuinely. like. And meanwhile, there was me who would just shade in as much of the desk as possible, take my thumb and just make a big streak in the middle of it just to get like the graphite on my thumb. You are a animal, bro. <laughs> I had a clean desk all the time. Do you know people? We used, like there was classes that we used to clean a desk with shaving cream, which doesn't make any sense. No sense. Absolutely nothing. My teacher would hand out Lysol wipes like a normal person. Yeah, the, like, and then you just draw stuff on your desk. But whatever. My desk was clean other times. So when that happened, I'm like, yo, bro, my desk is already clean, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> using shaving cream is like to because you said what you use shaving cream to like make little pictures while you're yeah, cleaning you would or whatever draw on it and yeah it would be it's foamy like the toaster cool. strudels of cleaning your desk where like the idea is to draw on it but you're gonna spread it all out anyway why are we right. wasting our time it yeah and you didn't do it often enough but when you did you're like oh yeah we're cleaning desk <laughs> One last thing before we move on, because we've pivoted pretty hardcore from the original topic. Right. Um, moving seats in elementary school is always either the best or worst day of it's elementary so school. It's so stressful, bro. So stressful. Because if, you if you're able to cop a seat next to, your, next to your best friend, it is the best six weeks of your life. Well, the thing right? is, is I, I got in the mind of teachers and I'm like, yo, if I sit next to this guy, we're going to get moved. There's no yes. way she's going to let us sit next to each other. So what's the closest I can get to them without getting in trouble, but also sit with all that. Also, here's the thing. Big fan of girls. They were really dude, you been a fan, been a fan. <laughs> here's the thing. You don't want to be outnumbered and be the only dude on a table. Full of I girls. mean, maybe you don't. That's it. Just like all, then all they talk about is stuff you don't care about. And you will get bullied for sitting at the girls' table. So you wanted a pretty good mix, two cute girls, you, and a guy who is quiet. So obviously you would murder with the jokes and you <laughs> yes. would have no competition. And then you'd want your friend like behind you or the next table over. And then maybe the fast kids would also be at that table. So you were like kind of popular at the same time. I thought about this every single time. And guess what? It worked like once and every other time. You had just got comfortable with this group of people, and then you move, had to move. Yes. Oh, 100%. And then, like, so you move away from that group, but then the next time after that, you move back with, like, one or two of them, and you're like, finally, someone I'm comfortable with. We had a good time last time. But now the vibes change. Yeah, now it's weird. Yeah. Because now they, they realize that, like, the table they just left was cooler, and now they're back with you, and you're like, hey, man, <laughs> I'm not happy to be here either. <laughs> 
Like, we got to make the most of this, okay? Right. I saw you throwing your Beyblades on the ground at recess earlier. None of us were happy about that. So let's just chill. Just because you left a group with Heelys and now you're with me doesn't mean you're better than me. Okay? (laughs) We're the same here. You're definitely going to cheat off me. So your grades are going to be better, which means you're going to be grounded less. So you're welcome. Alex, we should probably talk about our movie. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. Which this uh, is. Couldn't have fewer similarities if we tried. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are in our 60s week for our decades month. We are watching the Alfred Hitchcock classic Psycho. We're going to start with a non-spoiler section where we kind of talk about it without spoilers for like 10, 10 minutes. And then we'll tell you again the time code when we go into spoilers. All right. So if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie at all, you can skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code break time equals 0.5 S greater than 31. 11. We finally got a banger, boys. Took us four weeks in Craig, a decades month. Craig. No, we did not. No way. No, we did not. No way. This movie is okay. Nah, this movie's good. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. This movie is not like the eight and a half out of ten, you know, top 30 of all time that IMDb proclaims it to be. However, I am also coming from a position of I watched this movie on my bed on my 22-inch monitor, you know, in my, you know, crappy apartment bedroom. If I had watched this movie... Even today, if I watch this movie in a movie theater, this like I would be blown away by this movie. There is a lot of really good stuff happening in this movie. What? I really liked the acting. I thought the cin- well, I like the acting most of the time. I think I like the acting of three people. Yes, I think Anthony Perkins did a really good job. Killed it. Um, yeah, uh, Janet Lee is 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 good in this. I like her as well. She was um, okay. Yep. Um. And so I, I think that there's just good stuff happening. Uh, the cinematography, I think I thought did a very good job of being artsy and like metaphor without being over the top and like snotty about it. I uh, didn't feel that at all. I felt like this movie wasn't artsy. I, the thing is, this movie's in the 60s. So color has been around for 30 years. The reason they filmed it in black and white is because it was cheaper. They're just like, we're trying to save money because I'm pretty sure this is going to bomb. Yes, yeah. If you um, look through the trivia for this movie, a lot of it is tied to the studios gave this movie a small budget because they thought it was gonna bomb. Because like, and like Alfred Hitchcock got like thirty, like got like you know his salary was based on box office percentages, which basically you know based on how well this movie did, this single this single movie set him up for life, and it's just stuff like that. Right. But for me, when I watched it, I'm like, you could, for me, it felt like an old movie that didn't have the choice to go color, then a movie in a color era, and then went arts, did the artsy move to black and white. I didn't feel like this movie wasn't artsy at all. I feel like we were just watching an old movie. There are certain shots where, you know, you can kind of like feel the artsiness of it. Like, there's lots of shots of like taxidermied um, animals, and you Mm -hmm. get like, still quiet shots on those where like some of it is set up, but some of it is also just like vibes. And uh, and, like, there's one shot in particular of, you know, the shower draining and the shower drain turns into a shot on someone's eye. And there are lots of like details that you can look into where um, Janet Lee, her character's name is Marion. You know, what she starts off the movie and she's wearing like white lace and generally white clothing. But then, you know, when she does bad things, she is wearing black clothing and just like little those are like the little details that I mean, like by the artsy stuff, like having wardrobe color change and everything like that. Yeah, I just bro. Here's the thing. We could make this movie. Uh... I know for a fact we can make this movie. First of all, the sets are cheap. There's minimal characters. The plot is... What do you mean by that? Hold on. What do you mean by we could make... Do you think that we could direct this movie? I'm thinking we could write, direct, cast, do the set design, and well, obviously we know what we want for costumes if we're not making costumes. So we'll talk to our costumer and get everything set up. We'll talk to the prop department and be like, hey, we could do... We... This is totally within our realm of capability we are capable of making this movie 
I think it is within our realm now in the year of our Lord, 2022 AD. I think in 19, I think this movie set the bar for a lot of stuff. But hear me out, bro. If you're amazing, like Alfred Hitchcock is, I could not have said that weirder, but I did say it correctly. (laughs) Like he was, he is supposed to be amazing. No matter when this came out, no one should be able to do what you did. Or everyone should be copying you. Now, he had a couple, like, horror films have kind of copied this. But, like, other than that, I felt like it was okay. Here's the thing. If two guys who have a movie podcast and didn't go to film school, have never been in TV shows or movies before, can make what you made, then it's not a masterpiece. Or the people hosting said podcast have such inflated egos that they don't know where to stop. Uh, that can't be true. <laughs> that couldn't possibly be true. I refuse Us? to believe that. Never. So for the audience, here's basically what this is about. A woman works for a realtor, banking individual. Something. Um, And he sells land to a gajillionaire, millionaire at least. And he buys a like. I like how acres. you went from gajillionaire, like a clear exaggeration, to well, let's rein it in a little. Well, bit. he <laughs> has more money than everybody else in the city. Yeah, but in real life, it's only like a couple million dollars after inflation or before inflation. You know what I mean? So he walks in, gives her forty grand, says, "Take this," and then she's instructed to take it to the bank and you know cash it. Well, because. They get it on a Friday. She has to hold on to it until Monday when the banks open. Right. So she's got forty grand, which is like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. And she's talking to her lover, um, who has a wife. Which for which is a really unnecessary detail. Yeah, it's it's really weird. So he's having an affair, and this is just her boyfriend. And this is in Phoenix, Arizona. So she goes home to her apartment, looks at the cash on the bed, and goes, "You know what? I'm just gonna run away." So she runs away, stops at a hotel, and gets murdered in the shower scene that everyone's seen and heard of. That's 40 minutes in. I thought that was the end of the movie. (laughs) From the memes and from what I know about this, I'm like, oh, this will happen at the end. It happens like 30 or 40 minutes in. So then the mystery happens where a bunch of people get involved trying to figure out who killed her at the Bates Motel. Yes. Um, I really like this. I I, I think you get the vibes of if you like this movie pretty quick. This movie is pretty consistent in terms of getting something out of it. Um, I really liked all those sequences with Marion running away. And like, you definitely feel her paranoia as she's running away. Like when she's switching cars. Yeah. So she pulls over to this like mechanic shop used car salesman where she's like, can I swap my car? And he's like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Don't you want to take a little bit of time first? And she's like very hurriedly like, no, no, I'm in a rush. I need to get going. Just let's just swap the cars, take the papers. Let's go. And you there's this very like looming sense of like someone's looking over her shoulder. Someone is someone's catching on. They, they know where she is. They know what she's doing. Like that is very clear, but not overbearing. I think like you just like it's to the point where. Every decision feels like a bad decision just because she's trying to get out of there so quickly. And it's like, as an audience, we see it and we're just like, I know you're stressed. If you take a breather, you're going to seem a lot less suspicious to this guy. Right. Also, I keep thinking like, yo, this is the age. There's no fingerprints. There's no electronics. Yeah. Humans didn't have fingerprints back then. First of all, no one knows where you are right now. I know she wanted, I think she wanted to meet her boyfriend out of town. So that's how they tr- ended up tracking down that she was missing. It's because she was headed in the general direction of where they said they were going to meet. Um, but like, hey, dude, take your time. No one knows where you're at. And no one has any idea on how to find you. You don't have a cell phone. You have no way of being tracked. It's not Also, like at this point, no one knows she's committed a crime yet. Right. Like, she has till Monday to turn in the money. So no one's checking in to see if she still has it. So she's fine but she's losing her freaking mind um i guess it was realistic also this movie got nominated for some oscars i think she got nominated for best supporting actress and she did okay so good really for best her. supporting yeah well she's okay dies 35 minutes into a two mi- two hour movie so yeah i guess it tracks um 
is there anything else you want to talk about before we dive into spoilies? Um, no. It, guys, this is... Watch it if you want. It. I think you should watch it so you, you can form an opinion. It's kind of like watching The Godfather because everyone has seen it and thinks it's the best thing ever. You should watch it to think what you... An original thought and get a, form your own opinion. A bunch of people have talked about this movie. I think you should watch it to form your own opinion. I don't think it's that crazy. I think it's very okay. As someone who has been actively disappointed by the last three decades movies, this is the most worth it of the ones we've watched so far. Um, But yeah, it's on Peacock. So like, and Peacock is like one of the cheaper ones out there. It's so. free with ads, right? Um, Yeah. Or very so. inexpensive, like $4.99 with ads. Yeah. So it's it's available. It's worth it. It, whether you like it or not, it is worth watching for one reason or another. Um, but spoilers. yeah, if you, uh, let's do spoilers. If you don't want to listen to spoilers, uh, skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code break time equals 0.5s greater than 31. 11. I, uh, so here's the thing. I agree that this movie kind of loses its steam in like the like second act, end of second act-ish. Right. Beginning of third act. Because... When Norman kills Marion, yeah. we are riding that high for a little while because uh, he's dumping her car in the swamp. He's, and we're watching it sink. Yeah. There's he's lots, throwing away the money, too. Like Didn't even know. Yeah. There's lots of high tension moments with Norman kind of covering up the murder. And, and that's all well and good. And there are scenes... Where, like, the private eye is interrogating Norman and you watch him go from I'm complying to, all right, I need to get this guy out of my face. Like, watching the, watching him transition also, in that scene. Also, he is the worst at answering these questions. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this goes back to the gosh. whole Marion thing where, like, if you took 0.5 seconds to think about it before words came out of your mouth, no one would be as suspicious of you as they are right now. But him saying, like, you can check the record book, and then saying she wasn't here, and then he checks the record book, and be like, that's her handwriting. Be like, well, I just remembered. She is here. Well, I thought you said someone hadn't been here in weeks. Well, except for her. Did she have a disguise on? Not really. It was raining outside. So you do remember her being here. That's interesting. Can you tell me more? Oh, yes. It's all coming back to me now. We had dinner together. You had dinner together, and you didn't remember her? Yeah, that's wild. It was horrible. This guy is the worst. Um, yes, very much. I, but again, did a very good job acting wise. Well, acting I think. wise, he played a very convincing idiot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, very strong mama's boy energy, mm-hmm. which you know, uh, <laughs> big and don't listeners don't take this the wrong way. Big homeschool energy. Like I don't see people very often. Just yeah. Awkward. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so I, I agree that after that scene and then like the private eye goes back or like they're waiting on the private eye to come back. But then Norman kills the private eye and now he's covering up two murders. And then there's that scene in the office where like uh, Marion's sister and boyfriend are like, he said that he'd be back in an hour, but it's been three hours. Do we go and check on him? Like, and then they go up and they talk to Norman. And well, they also com- talk to that, like, is that someone's dad or something? Like, the mayor or whoever he is and goes, yeah, Norman's mom has been dead oh, for, like, yeah, yeah, 20 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, he said he's up there. But, like, well, no one should be up there. Yes, that conversation was good. But then they go talk to Norman. And that one is much less fulfilling than the previous two big conversations in this movie. Right. It's just awkward. And they can pick up through details. And I think the private I told him that, yeah, he died in the first room. We're going to go into like the eighth. I'll distract him. You check it out. Then I'm going to come up with a horrible plan that if you find the mother, um, you leave without telling me, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing ever. And then this. Did you see the ending coming? Um, I, t- to an extent, I actually I'm going to put a hard and firm like. In the way this movie shows it, no. Like, obviously, like, we all know there's something up with the mom. Like, we would not have gone this long without seeing the mom. And we would not have heard this much about the mom if there wasn't something up with it. 
right? right? And the weird thing was, is, and the most convincing point was that Marion was overhearing a female's voice. Yeah, like arguing with him. I I was thinking about that too, where it's just like going back and replaying moments in this movie where it's like, no, they they sold it very well. Like, unless you know the plot twist is coming, you may know something is coming, but I think the specifics are very well done. I think if you pause the movie, spent five minutes trying to figure it out, you would come up with it. Yes, yeah. But because you know, I mean, you're watching a movie, your brain doesn't put two and two together. Yeah, it's it, very obvious that he's got a split personality and he's the one killing people. Yes. Because yeah. once you find out his mom's dead, you're like, well, who else? Who? What other women have we been introduced to in this movie? So this movie is either going to do one of two things. It's going to commit the atrocity of the killer is a person we've never met before, which is the worst thing to do. Yes. Or um, she's not actually dead. Like those were the only two options that we had. And once we realize that, like, it's not going to commit the atrocity, he's either doing it. Or she's not dead, which wouldn't make any sense because she's ancient. So I think if you pause the movie to think about it, then you could have figured it out that he was the one committing all these murders. But because the movie's just a little too dynamic for you to take a breather, I think it caught a lot of people, especially when it first came out, caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah. Uh, the skeleton was, the skeleton was kind of scary. If I'm being honest, just like straight up scary. Um, I don't know if they did this for this movie. But a lot of these older movies used real skeletons. Yeah. So I watched I watched this movie at two in the morning. <laughs> so when the skeleton came around, I'm like I was like genuinely unsettled. We're like, this is this is affecting me on an emotional and mental level. And then and then Norman comes like racing down the stairs in the dress and wig and like the boyfriend puts him in a headlock and the wig just like like flops off his head that scene was bad that That was the easiest way to subdue a murder i've ever seen that scene was bad i think the shower scene is worse well the stabbing scene (laughs) took seven days to shoot and used 70 different camera angles and it looks like they used 70 different camera angles it it's looks weird. not good. Like, yeah, you can say it's weird. I'll put a foot on it. It looks bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And because it does, the, like, th- this is where the stereotype, this is where the meme comes from of stabbing a lot into nothing and having the actress overact the death. Because, you know, we're not seeing the knife penetrate the skin. We're not even, like... There's no blood going everywhere. She's just screaming, not fighting back, just like letting it happen. Yeah, so th- that scene left a lot to be desired. It- it's it's pretty cartoony. Where the rest of the movie is like kind of grounded and takes itself very seriously, that scene was goofy. Yeah, it's it's weird, bro. Um, here's this movie and a bunch of other movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um. And I think also The Shining. No, not The Shining. What's the Clarice? Silence of the Lambs. They're based off a real guy, Ed Gein. Um, And he did most of these things for real. (laughs) Oh. And they split it up into different movies because they thought it would be too too unrealistic if one person did all of it. All right. He used to like dig up bodies and wear the skin and like make furniture out of it and do stuff with it, which is where this kind of came from with his mom. And then also Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you just see, like, wearing the face and clothes of the skin. And they also do that in um, the movie I just mentioned. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. They also do that. Um, in real life, he killed, like, a bunch of women. So they do that in those other movies. So it's this is all kind of based off a true story. Oh, man. Uh, uh, wh- that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um. On a side note, <laughs> this movie has very iconic scoring um, as far as music goes. it's It's got the iconic like shrieking when yeah. someone's getting murdered. So there's a couple of things that you will recognize from just the zeitgeist of watching movies. This movie originated it. Yeah, I think I, I think this is the one movie where I'm letting its age carry it for just a little bit further. Not a lot. Right. But uh, th- this one sits at like a seven and a half. This one's a five for me. Okay. Just like, yeah. 
It's just a movie, dude. It's not horrible and it's, it's not great. It's just like, it's just a movie. I wouldn't, if people want to watch it, go ahead. Um, I think you should just be in on it because people talk about it. But I mean, um, I do want to, I do want to talk about um, the psychos two and three that oh, an- no. <clears throat> that uh, Anthony Perkins who who played Norman Bates basically spearheaded both of these projects. Like Alfred Hitchcock was not involved in the slightest. Anthony Perkins just kind of like rubbed his hands together and was like, "Let's make some more of these." Well, he was also typecast and couldn't get cast in anything else. Yeah. Like, he had the hardest time finding work after this because everyone's like, he only plays serial killers and he does it very well. Um, Except for the 1978 TV movie of Les Mis where he plays Javert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides <laughs> that, all the other things, if you look through his IMDb, you're not going to recognize a single thing. Yeah. This movie, this movie is worth watching for one reason or another and that's where we're gonna end it alex improv improv me so make me improv, work we got a we got a new one and we're gonna workshop it never done it before it's got a good premise it's called luckily my skills translate okay so you and i we're gonna come up little in-depth character character work and then we're gonna put them in a random scene that i have pre-selected and we're gonna see how their skills translate okay and luckily these guys are macgyvering everything so their skills will translate we just gotta force it all right i got okay i got i got a guy ready and and basically name and occupation right skyler his name is skyler college graduate fresh fresh hairstylist you know rookie hair rookie hairstylist all right uh my guy is named nathan and he is a veteran firefighter, but he's like 70. So he's got one more. He doesn't even respond to fires anymore. He knows everything about it, trains all the rookies. Um, he's the senior man at the station, but he's got the knowledge, but can barely keep up. Hasn't, hasn't fought a fire in like 10 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's slowly been phasing out fires. It's, he's, been, he's stepped away for a while. He could still drive the truck, but doesn't do much else. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, what are these two up to? Um, we're opening up a business together. Um, and okay. we're trying to figure out like the financials and how to get customers, the marketing, the whole nine. This is our first business meeting. Okay. All right. So, so here's the deal with uh, Skyler and Nathan's Chia Pet Lala, uh, Palooza. Palooza. Yes. Our, Chia, our, our Palooza. Our Chia Pet Palooza. Now... Um, I, I know you're not sold on the Chia Pet idea yet. However, let, let me sell you on it. All right. They're plants that you water and can okay. give haircuts to as wanted. Here's the thing. Um, luckily my skills translate. I have a lot of experience cutting things. Now this isn't going to be like hair. So I don't know how much you can contribute. Are you familiar with the item jaws of life? Um, I mean, uh, that's, that's what I gave to my boyfriend last night. If you know what I mean. Golly. Wait, let me get my old man. Hey, hey, ooh, uh, hey, man. he's not that old. Hey, uh, he's just going to be, uh, <laughs> he's going to be a seasoned man. This guy also went to Nam. Hey man, um, I don't need to know all that about your personal life. If you could just like keep that to yourself and your partner, uh, that I'd appreciate it. Um, so the jaws of life, I use it uh, pretty much every Monday when I run training. So we use it to uh, cut open cars. So I'm pretty sure if we uh, sell this idea, we put jaws of life like small ones in every single box. And that would seriously drive up our margins. Okay, okay. Um, Quick, uh, do you have... Do they ma- do they mass produce jaws of life? They really don't. I think you probably only get a couple thousand a year. Also, they're like ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, so, so I think so. I think maybe maybe we can like put them on a rack in the corner and and you know while people are waiting for their chia pet, they could be like you know uh, exfoliant, lotion, conditioner, jaws of life. Hey man, uh, why are we selling exfoliant? To exfoliate the Chia Pet? I don't know what's not connecting here. Um, do, Are they known for getting ingrown hairs? 
they are known for being a stylist's first true test of workmanship. Hey, man, uh, I know a little bit of thing or two about training. And in my experience with training, you're going to want to focus on practical application. We need to get them, or you, as a matter of fact, on some real people as fast as possible. Now I got a couple corpses back at the training center. Okay, okay. How about we save the corpses for when we've actually opened the store? See, most of them don't have hair anymore, but I'm pretty sure we can get a wig or two for you to practice on. (laughs) Um, again, maybe we back burner that one, back burner that one, and we move forward and let's think about our marketing, okay? We are kind of in a niche market, uh, in in an era that doesn't really sell to these gimmicks anymore. What now, if we called 911? I got a friend at the dispatch office, right? And we said, all units respond. We got an officer down, right? And they show up at our store. I'm waiting for the part where this turns not illegal. I mean, the dispatch will be on in on it. So, like... Okay, okay, we okay. Don't, we don't actually have to call 911. And I bet you we could pay send a page out to all the uh, those first responders and uh, volunteer firefighters. And we can get half the town there in 15 this minutes. Seems, this seems pretty high risk, low reward, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so maybe- And if we do it in the middle of the night, they might not be like super aware. And I bet you we can get quite a few of them to make some purchases. Okay, so are you suggesting we have our store have night hours? I think we should run it. I mean, this is my experience exclusively at night. Exclus- exclusively at night. Okay. Like sunset to sunrise. And we and most of our customers, I promise you, first responders. You do know this mall does close at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. on Sundays. Let's uh, reflect back on my first point, Jaws of Life. Nothing is closed when you have Jaws of Life. (laughs) So the marketing standpoint is we'll be like, hey, come to this address. It's the one with the broken door. Or we just pull the fire alarm and see what happens. Hey, I'm starting to get the vibe that you were a bad firefighter. Hey, man, I've been in the business for like, I can't remember. It's been a long time, but... Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Now, uh, <laughs> speak. let's get into the financials, right? How are we going to make a profit? This is kind of more this your realm. This is kind of what I'm curious about, too. Because if we're spending a lot of money on Jaws of Lives that we are probably not going to sell and are also using every night to keep our store open, I feel like the margin of return or like the return on investment is low, to say the least. Hey, man. You're one of those uh, trying not to get homophobic. I forgot I'm not allowed to do that as an old man. What if you're one of those guys who knows things about, you know, social media and whatnot, right? So, you know, yeah. make a little dance video so we can have some customers come to our store. And Do you want, uh, do you want, to, be, do you want to be in it? The internet no loves cute old chance, guys. No chance. Boy. No chance. Okay, we could do it to like some Eagles music or or Rolling Stone. You you look like a Led Zeppelin kind of guy. First of all, how'd you know that about me? I don't like how you know that about me. I mean, you are wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. You people are supposed to be really good with, you know, opening up businesses and managing things. So how about you start contributing? How are we going to make money? Because the marketing's free. Calling 911 has always been free. (laughs) I mean, when you put it that way, I don't think I can argue with you. You know what? I love arguing with you. But listen, you and I are never going to get along. So I've had my little friend at the force supply me with the list firearm here. And guess what? Cox gun. That took a turn. It did take a turn. Um, He definitely committed a hate crime there at the <laughs> <Yeah>. end. <laughs> but it's realistic. It's realistic. I guess so. So that's uh, luckily my skills translate. Maybe it'll come back. It's uh, it's improv, so if you got any ideas, audience, for characters you want us to do or situations, hit us up. All right, we're going to move on to our middle segment. This is uh, award season. Uh, obviously, it's award season, Oscars, kind of the big one right now. We, did, we already did our episode on the Oscars, but I want to focus on the more important 
awards that's happening right now. Yes, of course. The Kids' Choice Awards are on April 9th, and we are here to go over the most important categories. Sweet. Um, Kids' Choice Awards hosted. Who do you think? Who do you think's hosting the Kids' Choice Awards this year? Um, is it a comedian? Nope. Is it an actor? Yes. There's two is hosts. Is it an actor? There's two hosts. The- I'll give. I'll tell you this. Two hosts. One of them, actor, child centric. Makes sense. The other child centric means um, what? <laughs> It means that they are on kids' shows and kids know them. Okay. That's not what I think about when you say an actor who's child-centric. <laughs> and the other one, I'm just going to say, bit of a stretch all around. Okay. On kids' shows. Um, former Disney star? Not quite. Let's remember this is the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Well, you know, sometimes famous. Like Kevin Hart will be on there every once in a while. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, does this person sing? You're trying way too hard on this. Okay, who is it? It's Miranda Cosgrove and Rob Gronkowski. So, okay, Miranda makes a lot of sense. And Rob is is looking for work. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, as someone who has never watched Rob Gronkowski play a game of football in my life, like, I just assume... Which is impressive because he's been to the Super Bowl a few times. I I just assume that this guy does anything else to get out of be- playing football. It's like this guy signed a curse with a witch to be like, you have to play football your entire life. And this guy's, well, if I'm going to play football, I may as well make the most of it and do other stuff along the way. That's the vibe I get from he Rob Bukowski. He is a party animal, bro. He's an animal, um, but he'll be very entertaining. So uh, obviously there are a lot of categories. We're not going to go through all of them. So I'm just going to read the categories and let me know when we've stopped at one that you want to dive into. Okay, cool. Uh, Favorite kids. You don't have to say yes or no. I will take a pause and just stop me when I get there. Okay, sure. Kids. Favorite kids TV show. Sure. Let's hit it. All right. Run me through the noms. Are you afraid of the dark? Raven's Um, Home. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Okay. (laughs) Danger Force. Okay. That Girl Lele. Okay. And The Babysitter's Club. Well, seeing that I've only heard of one of those. We're going to need to double back. Do you not know Raven's Home? No. It's the That's So Raven reboot. Raven Simone is in it. Oh, I didn't know it was called that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've heard of two of these now. Okay. We're moving on. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm voting for High School Musical, the musical, the series. I'm voting for Raven Zone. <laughs> All right, favorite family TV show? Send it. iCarly. Okay. Cobra Kai. Okay. Young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. WandaVision. Ooh. Loki and The Flash. Well, these are very good. I'm going for WandaVision. All right, makes sense. I, I vibe with that. All right, favorite reality show? P- okay, run through this speed. Lego, uh, Lego Masters, America's Got Talent, Mass Singer, Wipeout, Kids Baking Championship, and American Idol. These are all bad. I'm going to go. Wipeout is the best. <sighs> dude. Dude, they're all bad. I'm not even going to. All right. I'm going to contribute. I, I, I'm, I'm Team Wipeout. Uh, favorite uh, no, cartoon. I will contribute because you contributed and it, that's the wrong one. I'm going to go Mass Singer. All right. Uh, favorite cartoon. We're looking at SpongeBob, Teen Titans Go, Looney Tunes, The Loud House, Jurassic World, and The Smurfs. I was saying that I didn't know Jurassic World was animated. Yeah, Je- Jurassic World Camp Creta- Camp Cretaceous. I don't, I don't know if that's a correct one or not. Yes, whatever. Um, SpongeBob, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's the goat. It's right? just like, come on, man. He's he's the goat. Yeah. Um. Now we're kind of getting to the stuff that who cares? Favorite female TV star. Sure. It's a little ambiguous. Favorite male TV star. They're all from the shows we've already listed. Okay. Favorite female TV star for family. Favorite male TV star for family. Yep. I got a nod. Favorite video game. All right. This one kind of took me th- for a loop. All right. So we got Minecraft, which I'm pretty Banger. sure is nominated every year. Banger. Just Dance 2022, which I'm pretty nope. sure Just Dance is nominated every year. Not cool Mario Party Superstars. Nope. Tracks. And then this game called Brookhaven, which I have never heard of. An audience... It is very hard for me to have never heard about a game before. I'm pretty plugged in. <laughs> so, I'm gonna say Minecraft is gonna is gonna win this year. Mi- Minecraft, Minecraft, the goat. Minecraft is the goat. Favorite movie. All right, let's talk about what gets nominated for favorite. So movie. how do you get nominations? Do kids vote? I think I think there's like a kids jury. 
right? Okay. Like, I think it's probably like Nickelodeon execs and stuff like that. <laughs> Nickelodeon execs, but they're all middle schoolers. So Spider-Man No Way Home, tracks. Space Jam, A New Legend, okay. Uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, tracks. Bad. Tom and Jerry, tracks. Jungle Cruise, I guess. People loved that movie. And then also the Camilla Cabello Cinderella, which okay. I heard nothing but bad things about. I'm Spider-Man. Um, Come on. Like, what are we talking about? Clifford was cute. Clifford, I think, was this year's, like, take your kids to see it and you'll be fine kind of I movie. think it's running off nostalgia, bro. Because sure. I watch Clifford and I think that a lot of, I mean, they're going to be young parents, bro. Like me. Like, yeah. we're talking early 20s who are taking their kiss of this. So, uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, so, Spider-Man. Sure. Uh, favorite animated movie we're looking at Encanto, Luca, Sing 2, SpongeBob SquarePants, Sponge on the Run, which I think is like the third SpongeBob movie. Okay. Uh, Boss Baby 2 and Paw Patrol, the movie. I'm going to do Sing 2 because it's got a lot of cool people in it. All right. I respect that. I respect that. Um, just moving through some of the like, favorite female artists. All right. We got Taylor Swift, no. Ariana Grande, yes. Lady Gaga, no. Adele. Yes. Billie Eilish, yes. and then Cardi B. Listen, bro, lover or hater, this is a call to our f- segment that's coming up. Cardi Cardi B might not be making appropriate songs, but kids listen to them. Yeah. So it's kind of like Warzone. Should have been nominated for a game because kids play it, but they shouldn't. I'm going to go purely for kids. I'm going to say Ariana Grande. Okay. But I think as far as good well, albums. you know what? I'm going to say Ariana Grande is as inappropriate as Cardi B. She's just better at hiding it. Yes. And I would say, uh, you know what? I'm changing my answer to Adele because there's a lot of kids going through breakups. That's, that's the best answer for sure. I'm saying Adele, yeah. Uh, male artist. We got Bruno. We got Fire. Justin. We got Fire. Ed. We got yes. Weekend. We mm-hmm. got Drake. And we got Sean. Okay. I'm going... Bruno Mars Justin slaps. or Bruno? Bruno Mars slaps. I, I, I'm content with that. I'm th- th- My worry is Bruno did not put out a lot of songs. And Justin only puts out a lot of songs. Same thing with Drake. Um, Drake's not coming. <laughs> he's no. not coming. No, he's Sean not. Sean Mendes would come. Justin probably won't come. Bruno would for the love of the game. So I'm going to go Bruno. All right. Favorite music group. Maroon 5. Didn't know they released enough music to be qualified. Jonas Brothers. Black Eyed Peas. Excuse me? In the year of our Lord, 2022 AD? Uh, Florida Georgia Line, BTS, and Migos? Migos? Which one is it? Migos. Migos. Um, Jonas Brothers, obviously. Yeah, Avi. The, dude, they had a crazy tour. They're child actors. This is their demo. If they can't clean up, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite breakout artist? Uh, I don't recognize most of these. It, like Olivia Rodrigo is going to take it home, Obvi. Yeah. But also Jack Harlow is on this. Hey, Ooh. Jack. Jack? Fine. How did you do this? He's who? so good. Yes, he is. But this who list is you also from list? 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. So yeah, I don't know where any of these nominations are coming from. They're all old. And, yeah, and just like Jack, Jack, you don't deserve to be on a Kids Choice Awards. Kids Choice Awards, like he uh, deserves is a weird one. He shouldn't be. Yes, much better, much better. Yes. yes. Um, favorite social media star? Uh, we got JoJo Siwa, Addison, Ra- not. Addison Ray. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, Dixie D'Amelio, that nope. girl Lele, Oliver nope. Tree, and nope. Johnny Orlando. Now, nope, what we Addison. just witnessed audience is alex's bias of he only likes people he's attracted to that's because not true jojo siwa i would argue is a much better influence on kids uh in terms of social media presence and just general like per- dude personality in, bro i don't care how addison good ray of an has been phoning are. it in for years addison ray is cleaning up bro she is opening up businesses Every week. Okay. And I appreciate the grind. I also know who she was. So that's pretty good. I think JoJo Siwa's. Uh, no, I'm anti JoJo Siwa. There's something weird about. She's like 18, right? Yeah. 16, I think 17. She's 19. I, I think she's uh, 19. Yeah. She's too old 
to be pandering to children. It feels weird. Addison Rae's older than that. But the thing is, is Addison Rae, kids watch her stuff, but she's not making stuff for kids. Who do you think makes kids content? Listen, bro. Jojo Siwa is an adult who is cleaning up in the kids sector, and it's making me uncomfortable. You're envious of her success. Favorite male creator. (laughs) Uh, Ryan's World. Mr. Beast, who is old. Ninja, who's old. Wild. Austin Creed, who's old. Okay, here's the thing. Those dudes, I'm watching their videos. So it's for adults can watch it. No adult is watching Jojo Siwa. It's not happening. It's weird. Kids should make stuff. Like, I'm going Ryan's World. Because Ryan is a kid making stuff for kids. And I respect it. Also, Mr. Beats obviously deserves to be on there. He's yeah, what's your crazy content. What do you, any creator on PBS, Mr. Rogers? This is a bad (laughs) argument. And we're going to leave. It's a great argument. We need to leave this here. All right. Favorite female creator. Addison Ray, Miranda Sings, again, was this list made in 2018? Charlie <laughs> D'Amelio, uh, Emma Chamberlain, the other two I'm not familiar with. Okay, uh, so I don't know the last three then, probably. Uh, well, we can't have Addison win two in a row. Th- that's Charlie D'Amelio. So let's go Charlie then. I- I'm, cool. I'm I'm vibing with Charlie here. Um, I don't care about any of this. Um, all right, yeah, the rest of the categories, like favorite global music star, we got Adele, Tones and I, BTS. Uh, Rosalia, Olivia Rodrigo, Thames, and uh, Camilo. It looks like his name. Again, I'm familiar with three of these. I like Rosalia, um, but Rodrigo will probably get yeah. both of them. Um, that's the Kids' Choice Awards. Um, do they still we, slime people? I hope so. And do they still give out blimps for the uh, awards? That I'm confident on. I'm confident they're still the blimp. Okay. And you know what? I'm confident that they're still sliming, too. But not everyone gets slimed, right? What? Not every winner gets slimed, right? I think every winner gets slimed. Man, what a commitment to show up in nice clothes in case you don't win. But if you do win, you just have to trash them. But I guess these people are all balling anyway. I would not go to the Kids' Choice Awards if I was not ready to get slimed. In fact, I... 70% 70% of my motivation to go to the Kids' Choice Awards would be to get slimed. So, question. Is there any award show that you get nominated for and don't go? Um, I feel like, I mean, like, most people don't go to the Razzies. But you would. Would you go to, like, the Streamies? Would I? If I got, if, if I got nominated for the Streamies, I'd go to the Streamies. Would you right? if you had to fly yourself out? If I had to fly myself out, probably not. Okay. Um, I don't know if they still do shorty awards. I wouldn't do a shorty award. Um, I'm flying out to any of these, by the way. I'm networking. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to start connecting with these people on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. All right, Alex, what's your, what's our one hit? Our one hit is love them or hate them. It's like, um, sell me this pot, but we're doing one liners. So think of an individual and then give me a one that love them or hate them. Like, uh, Adolf Hitler, love them or hate them. He was well-traveled. <laughs> okay uh and obviously if it's a love them you gotta hate them and if you hate them you gotta love them so like barack obama love him or hate him homie didn't speak spanish i can't confirm if that's true or not i mean but... i'm pretty sure he didn't listen okay. he would have flexed on us if he did okay there's yeah, he... no way he spoke spanish and didn't i mean what? like have you looked at pete Buttigieg? he speaks spanish every opportunity he gets the chance it hap- bro you want to connect with the hispanic community speak their language that's how it works for by the way any community if you want to connect speak a language um S- steve jobs bro love him or hate him he looked like a beetle elon musk love him or hate him he produced two children yeah <laughs> fact um jeff bezos bro love him or hate him he's uh Definitely going to have a couple movies coming out about him. Hey, Bo Burnham, love him or hate him, made significant contributions to the mental illness community. First of all, that's you're assuming we hate him. We love him. So now you have to say bad things about him. I will say, I will contribute that what I said was an incredibly neutral thing that someone can interpret however they want. Hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. Bo Burnham, love him or hate him. He's really stealing the spotlight from some of these minority creators. That's how you do it. Okay. Now, I'm burning a bunch of bridges so none of these people can get on our podcast. Yeah. Um, like, oh, man. Now we got to cancel Robert Burnham from our Let's April make this interesting, movie. Craig. 
Andrew Wells. Love him or hate him. Was that a prompt for me? No, I was going to do it, but... Oh, do it. You know what? It's going to be... It would hit harder if you did it. Okay. Andrew Wells, love him or hate him, hasn't been around for a while. (sighs) These neutral segments, bro. I don't like him. I'm going to... All right. Do bug. What a... I want to know, you're coming at me with a weird hostility. Because we created rules and you are avoiding them. If you love them, say something about them that we would hate. If you hate them, create say something about them that you would love. It's called love them or hate them. You can't love them and let me say another thing about them that's not going to change your opinion at all. I gave out Hitler and Obama, bro, and you're meeting me with this mediocre energy. I don't appreciate it. You're right. <laughs> Come at me with some bangers, okay, bro. I'm okay, putting my you, career on the all line. All right. Here's this. Here's this. Uh, Alex Good, love him or hate him, won't record gameplay videos with me no matter how many times I ask. So you're assuming people love me, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Permanent Good, love him or hate him. That's not my name, but okay. <laughs> Did I just name you after our entire podcast? I yeah. gave you yeah. our entire podcast. <laughs> and why didn't you use your real name? I used your real brother's name. <laughs> I've been drinking. Um, we are descending into madness. <laughs> yes. Uh, Craig Wells, love him or hate him. He lets you sleep with his parents. <laughs> Which we are going to provide no context to for nope. the rest of our lives. When they're done that. Oh, gosh. Let's end on that, dude. I don't yeah. Think we could. All right. Oh, man. Uh, so here's the thing about freeballing. Uh, kind of a dead segment when you haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I know so many of our audience are invested in my blacklist journey. So for you, I started season seven, which means night. you're almost done with the Netflix stuff. Yes, the Netflix ends in season eight, and then season nine is continuing to come out now, like live. So unfortunately, there's 22 episodes a season, so I still got 40 left. So, and for the people that are invested in my legendary Halo journey, uh, I am halfway through Halo 4, which means I need to finish Halo 4, Halo 5, and Halo Infinite. So I am more than halfway through my journey. Uh, uh, We're cranking it out. I've also been diving back into the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, Still slaps. So uh, it's it's good. Are you Um, 100%ing these games? Not 100%ing. No, 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 no. Just running Uh, the hardest difficulty. Yes. Because 100%ing it, there is a game mode called Lasso, which stands for Legendary All Skulls On, where you basically turn on every modifier. And some of these modifiers are silly. Like, uh, when you get headshots, the enemy's heads go into birthday confetti. And then you get some more difficult ones. Like, uh, you can't see your weapon or ammo count or your health or the enemies throw grenades at you and dodge yours and the real kicker is there's a there's a modifier where if you die you have to start the level over Hmm. and i'm not doing that actually no thanks well we'll Uh, hear back from you in three years when you go back and do this yes and you do lasso for every single game you just did um, I do want to say I'm still cranking through The Simpsons. Season eight is almost no skips. And I say almost because there's one episode that I'm not a big fan of. And and I'll tell you why. So there's this episode where Homer befriends Homer and the family befriends a gay guy. And then once they find out he's gay, everyone's cool with it except Homer. And the joke, like, it's written in a way where, like, the joke is Homer is so stupid, his ignorance is blinding him to how cool this guy could be despite the fact he's gay. Right. But, like, there's no nuance to how it's written. There's just, like, 15 minutes of Homer, like, making fun of this guy's gayness and no one really calling him out on it. We just kind of have to take the context of we know Homer's stupid, so we can't take what he says seriously. And it's like, a this probably flew a lot better 20 years ago, but uh, yeah, we, it's huh. the, it's the one episode so far where I'm like, maybe not this one. Are you maybe aware of one. when these seasons came out when you're yes. watching them? So, uh, it, it it's pretty easy math because the first season was eight was uh, nineteen eighty nine, so it's basically just you know add ten remove one to where you are, okay. or you know what I, you know what I mean. Add it to ten then remove one. Okay. So uh, season eight is all nineteen ninety seven pretty much. Got you. Um. 
yeah, but it's it's still good. It's it, I have not gotten bored of it yet. And I'm hoping that I can crank out maybe five or six more seasons before I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Before it becomes a chore. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what are we watching next week? We are finishing up our Decades Month with the 1970s, and we're watching Serpico. Yeah, this movie, I've heard a little bit about it, but not much, but I'm very excited to get into I'm it. I'm freaking fired up. I think this is going to be my favorite movie. Uh, I thought Psycho was going to be higher, but I think if Serpico doesn't do it for me, then I'm going to be upset with this entire month. Yeah, this this month has been like... This month is the month where we've gone back and like made a point to hit the ones that we're like quote unquote supposed to have seen, and like we've getting we've been getting some misses. Yeah, dude, we've been sabotaged. This is not fair. <laughs> so next year we are next year we're we're setting it up in our favor. Yeah, we're watching hitters, bro. Yeah. Um, but until next week, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.